Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Live from the AfterBuzz TV studios in Hollywood, California, this is AfterBuzz TV for Survivor. We'll give you all the latest news and gossip for Survivor. If you'd like to buzz us, you can call us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues... It's AfterBuzz TV's Survivor! Hello, hello. It looks like I am the Survivor. You know, unlike the show, um, you know, we were supposed to have a lot of people here. Um, Mike Pesh, uh, he will be joining us in the coming weeks. And uh, I hopefully Steve the Steamer, who you may know from our other AfterBuzz shows, such as um, uh, Real World and now um, Rivals Challenge. Hello? Hopefully he'll be calling in, um, but thank you, DJ Jesse. We're a make, very kind of makeshift crew tonight, um, as we are in prep for the Emmys tomorrow. But anyway, enough about that. Um, so the season premiere episode of Survivor South Pacific, um, we get to meet the characters right off the bat. Um, Jesse, just let me know when Steve the Steamer's there. All right, thank you. Um... And immediately we get our kind of first challenge between Ozzy and Coach. And to me, uh, what I felt as I was watching this challenge, I felt like it was in slow motion. Even though they were uh, they were supposed to be digging, they were supposed to be running, it just felt like, okay, I understand you're in sand, but at the same time, can you go a little bit faster? Or at the very least, I would have appreciated if CBS kind of just sped it up. I don't know. It just, uh, you know, right off the bat, that challenge just a little looked a little bit comical in in some sense. But uh, nonetheless, then it hit full um, comedy when they got to the block ch- block part of that challenge. And uh, all right, we have Steamer on the line now. Steamer, how's it going? It's going good. I've never had the honor of hosting a show with you, so I'm very, very privileged and lucky to have oh, you tonight. Oh, it's such an honor. <laughs> Steve, um, so I was just, um, I just was uh, recapping the first challenge between Ozzy and Coach, and I was just talking about the block part of the challenge, and uh, it very much reminded me of Planet of the Apes. Have you seen the new one? No, I have not. Well, in that, um, you know, that's the test they do for the apes, and the ape gets it right. I mean, it takes apparently 15 moves for a perfect score, and yeah. I, I just. I'd love to see the count for these guys of how many moves they made in order to get this right. I mean, what did you 
feel about this? I don't know. It to me it reminded me of a challenge on Rivals this past season where they had to do something similar with those blocks. And it seemed like on, on there they did a little quicker than the people here. But it just seemed like, I don't know what Coach's problem was. Like I don't know how they couldn't figure that out considering I, it seems like he's smarter than Ozzy. So you think he would have had a, an advantage going in. But it just seemed like a cluster on his side. And give credit to Ozzy. He was the first one to ask his team for help. And and I pan out for him. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let me ask you this. You're, you're way more versed in the history of um, Survivor than I am, and you are a font of knowledge when it comes to anything of that sort of nature. So who was your... Um, the, uh, Coach and Ozzy were the only two returning characters, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, so who... Give us a, uh, do you mind giving us a little bit of a history on them, if you know it? Ozzy started out in, I think it was Cook Islands, but what that, uh, the angle of that challenge was, that was one separated by a race, so they had like the Asians, the Hispanics, the white, and then it ended up merging. And throughout the, the season, Ozzy was like a dominant physical player, and he rode that to the end where he ended up losing in the final tribal council. It was, I think it was a close 5-4 go, and he ended up losing. Then he came back for fans versus favorites, and he was dominating the game. He had a good alliance at hand. He found him in the idol, but then they teamed up against him, voted him out as he had the immunity idol in his pocket. It was one of the people say it's one of the most shocking evictions uh, mm-hmm. vote out in, in the history of the show. So, like, and he, I was sure that's been like sitting, sitting with him, like just the fact that he had the immunity idol in his pocket and just didn't play it. So that's why he wants like another shot at it. But I mean, this is his third shot. I mean, how many shots should you get? But regardless of that, here he is again. And coach, like his first season, he said he was going to play with like honor. He wanted to go against like the competitors. But then as soon as he had a chance, he voted out one of the biggest competitors and. He, he called himself like a dragon slayer because he did it. He was just really full of himself. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back for Heroes uh, versus Villains, he, he seemed more mellow. He seemed more even keel, and he ended up getting voted out. And so this time, I don't know what kind of angle he's going to play, if he's going to try to be honorable or go back to being more deceitful. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. I see. Well, I mean, to me... Um... After the challenge, obviously, uh, Ozzy wins and all that. But, um, you know, the first thing those guys do, um, Savai, um, if I'm pronouncing it right, I would, um, you know, they just go into the water, whereas coaches immediately, all right, let's build the shelter. Um, and, you know, everyone's down for that cause. And But on um, Ozzy's team, Dawn is like, shouldn't we be building a shelter? And that causes uh, a riff. And then she eventually calls Ozzy the Bob Marley of the group, pretty much. Which I found hysterical. Yeah, it, it definitely was a good uh, depiction of Ozzy. But I, I actually think he was sort of correct in what he wanted to do. It, it just seems like when they first started building shelter, it's always like tense, and they're trying to like team build as they're doing it. But like the way Ozzy did it, like they went out into, into the water and they had their conversation while they were relaxing, so it, it seemed more natural. And they formed—I think—they could have formed like a better bond that way rather than just going and having all the stress of building a shelter as you're getting to know these people. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a, re- a refreshing approach to it, as opposed to the traditional way. All right, I could see that. Um, again, you have 
knowledge of all the seasons that I don't. Um, to be honest with you, this is actually just uh, my second season watching. I uh, I saw, I believe, like the second or third season ever. So it's been a while for me. Yep. I hope you forgive me, definitely Steamer. Nope, no problem. It's definitely changed a little bit since then, but it, I think I think it's actually gotten better. So we'll see where this season takes us. That's good. And um, so speaking of uh, past seasons, um, what is this uh, R- um, Russell Hance thing? I thought it was like some serial killer thing, and then I'm I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> looking it up on the uh, iPad, and it's like, okay, wh- what happened? He was like one of the most deceitful players in the game's history. Like he came on, I get the name of the season. He came on, like the first thing they showed him do is like burning one of his uh, trimate socks. It was just completely random. It was like a cartoony thing to do. And from there, like he just he, he wanted to create like an unease in the team, thinking he can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And he ended up doing that since he ended up keep finding immunity idols and eventually working his way to the end where he lost. And then he came back for Heroes vs. Villains and once again made it to the end and, and lost in the uh, the final uh, tribal council. So he he's probably is the most I see. Uh, biggest bad guy they've ever had on the show. I see. That's quite interesting. Um, and then, what what intrigues me though is, um, what, you know, obviously we're setting up the notion that um, the big reveal is going to come out that Brandon is the nephew of Russell. Um, but and obviously it's through through his tattoos because he keeps wanting to hide them. And yeah. uh, Christine and Edna, you know, they're saying, or no, it's actually a uh, Sophie. The girl who speaks Russian, she's like, I don't trust Brand. Uh, yeah, I don't trust Brandon. But like, my question is, why would you ever get a tattoo of your uncle? A on your back, that's huge, and B on your um whatever bicep or uh, whatever sidearm. I, I don't know if it's for his uncle. I think it's just like a family pride type of thing. It's like the, the last name hands, like little hands. I don't know. If, I don't think I meant like little Russell. I'm, I don't know. If, Mm-hmm. That's related to maybe his father or his grandfather or something along those lines, but to get two tattoos on you with your family name is probably a little excessive. Well, here's I don't a- know how he thinks he's going to keep hiding. Like, what's the excuse for his shirt to be up like that? I mean, I, I don't know if there's any excuse that could possibly cover that up. <laughs> I know it's so weird, but like, even you know, um, I've seen a lot of people usually like, uh, especially like if they have European heritage. They'll usually put the uh, the family crest, um, yep. you know, and, and that's something that they're proud of. Um, so, you know, if if Brandon could go back in time, I would recommend, you know what, whatever the family crest for the Hans family is, just go with that. People will be much less apt to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that probably would look nicer, too, I mean, rather than just work. Yeah. I mean, I mean, some, like, actually figure on there wouldn't probably be... Yeah, and that's what's so interesting, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, obviously, obviously it's a big sports thing to uh, have your name on the back of your shirt, you know, whether it's on jersey yeah. or just on an actual shirt. Do that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? Just get a get a shirt with your last name on it, and you're fine. Yeah, but it, hey, it doesn't really make sense, but what do I know? I know, right. Jesse, what are your thoughts on getting a tattoo on the back of your, uh, on your back, actually? Yeah, I, I don't get it at all. <laughs> it does not make sense to me. Who's looking at that? Yeah, I know. I mean, especially if you want people to see it, for just females, put it on your shirt. I agree for females. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, they, hey, they want their man to look at it. Well, 
But quick, so while we're kind of on the subject, we know that's going to be a big thing coming up. Um, what episode yeah. do we expect that to blow up? You guys are the reality uh, gurus. That can't, that can't carry on too long. I mean, how many ways could he have his shirt on his back like that? There's no no possible reason for him to do that. So I would I would guess no later than episode four or five. Mm-hmm. If he goes that far, it's too long. Yeah, I'd say These three people or four. are idiots if that's the case. Do you, do you think he's literally going to try to come up with some of the stupidest excuses ever? Like, hey, I'm allergic to water, but only on my upper back. <laughs> that's what he said. He's going to come up with some excuses. I'm thinking, I'm like, I think I'm a smart guy and I can come up with a reason, but I had literally no reason for him to do that. So <laughs> I'm anxious to see where he goes with this. Hey, maybe he's smarter than I am. Hey, who knows? I don't know, but I highly doubt it. Um, Likewise. Uh, so, w- before we get to the uh, official first challenge, the team challenge, let's. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of the group dynamic? I mean, for me, um, a big or not a big talking point. It was um, Cochran and kind of his yep. learning and interaction with um, Sam Ham. I can't even pronounce your name. I feel exactly like yeah. Cochran, who's like, eh, no disrespect, but uh, I just don't know your name. Yeah, I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter at this point, but yeah, at least Sam Han or something. I don't, I don't know what to make of Cochran. Like, going into the season, and I try to avoid all spoilers, but like, it seems like Jeff Probst was hyping this guy up like uh, some great player, so it's least, least I believe he'll be around a while. Mm-hmm. And like I saw like a talking head where he's like, I'm going to change the game of Survivor. And, I mean, the show's been on for like 22 seasons now. I don't know what he could possibly do for it, but this first episode seems to set up like... He'll be around a while, so yeah. I don't really like him, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, there's there, what's interesting is um, there's parts of him that I want to like, and then there's parts of him that I yeah. don't, that are just like, okay, dude, you're the exact stereotype, and you're playing into that, and this is why people, yeah. you know, hate that stereotype of the Harvard Law student. Yep. Because that's what you are. Um, but even and, so, yeah, the- go ahead. And a few years back, they, on his coach's first season, they had another guy who, I, I don't know what his actual job was, but he was like the bookish kind of guy who was just like a fish out of water there. And he did pretty well for himself. So the precedent is there where that type can go far. But this guy seems like he's that, he's that guy and just amped up a little more. So mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see what he possibly can do. Because the only thing he has going for him at this point is like a good social game. Because he seems like a DC enough guy, but in terms of physical challenges, he's Pretty damn inept. Mhm, mhm. Um, one sec, sorry guys. Jess, I believe our uh, special guest for the next show is has arrived. So if you don't mind getting her, sorry about that, guys. For those of you interested, we will be doing uh, CW's Hater right after this. Um, sorry about that, Steamer. But um, nope, no problem. All right, so there you go. Quick plug for CW's Hater. Um, get those episodes in now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, let's see, what else, uh, what was your kind of, um, again, before we move on to the challenge, um, you know, that was kind of my big thing of the group dynamics, what was your kind of, um, like, uh, interest or, like, a red flag or anything? The one, uh, person who I, I found intriguing that we haven't mentioned yet is Papa Bear, like the, the gay former police <laughs> detective or whatever he was. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's not like like I don't like the whole Papa Bear like playing up that stereotype. It seems I don't know. It just seems a little off. But in terms of like 
what I gathered from him initially was he seems like an honest guy that I would like to see make it far. Because mm-hmm. those type of those type of players, like the older, more heavy set guys, don't really seem to do overly well. So I'll be curious to see how he ends up. Well, have they ever had? I mean, he's a detective's. Um from New York, so I imagine he must, um, and this is going off to a stereotype, but it's, uh, you know, those, any NYPD cop is uh, is kind of more of a macho guy, you know what I mean? And so, yep. Yep. you know, um, have they ever had that sort of, like, you know, whether it be a firefighter, um, someone from the military, anything of that nature versus, like, oh, here's a teacher? Yeah, they've had some police officers on there, firefighters. One of the best competitors they ever had was Tom. He was, like, a firefighter from, I believe, Long Island, like, typical, like, macho type of guy, and he ended up winning the show and did a very amazing job at doing it. But he was more physical and, like, a little younger than Papa Bear, so I'm curious to see where his age will lead him because he's already hinting at and realized mm-hmm. the fact he could be one of the first ones to go, so he's trying to build a nice foundation going in. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... You know, uh, if you don't mind, uh, in speaking about the challenge, it's, um, I didn't, uh, as I watched it, I didn't really see him sort of, uh, lagging behind anyone. Did you? No, no, it didn't. So, like, his, his, his the fact that he's older is offset a little bit by the fact that he was a police, uh, policeman. So, I'm, I'm assuming he was, he stayed fairly active regardless of the fact he's a little, a little yeah, yeah. overweight. So, be interested to see how, how that can hold up. But in, in, in comparison, I mean, he was just going up against like someone like Cochran, so obviously he's going to look faster by comparison <laughs> to that. Yeah, I mean, my note for the whole of the challenge, um, pretty much up, up until the coconut um, tossing challenge, was Upalo was just destroying the other team. Yeah. It was almost like, oh my God, guys, like the the only one who was actually like uh in some sense able to do the challenge was Ozzy and the rest of yeah. them were just like, Okay, we're here, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. And that's the way it's probably gonna be, because Ozzy is like one of the best competitors ever had and from the looks of the tribe, there's only like a, a few other people who you know look athletic, so be curious to see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh my god, they, and I'm surprised it was even that close towards the end, because, again, um, Upalu got there faster, um, I mean, the the one thing that literally, for me, saved it for, um, Ozzy's Team Savai was the fact of the machete, um, it took the other guy a lot longer to find his machete, uh, Ozzy found it faster, and then, um, you know, he caught up to him as they were, um, uh, hacksawing the ropes yep. um, and then they were pretty much tied at that point but up until that point it was almost a no competition yeah they definitely were ahead by a decent decent amount yeah so um, and then obviously the, the game changer was um, the tossing of the coconuts and in your opinion who would you pick as the right they picked three people for each team yep so who would you pick for uh, Ozzy's team to do it and then uh, for Coach's team? I honestly couldn't tell you because I, I don't know what their strong points were. So, like, the fact of how they did it, like, just having people volunteer mm-hmm. was probably the manner in which to do it. And then when Samhan or whatever her name is basically said, I can do this, 
at that point, I mean, she looks like she's fit and athletic. You have to take a word for it and say, okay, you, you want to step up? Here you go. Yeah. And it looks like the other team, I know that, that Michaela, she, she's pretty athletic. So it was good that she did it since she ended up making a lot of shots. So it seems like they have, they picked the right players as opposed to Aussie team who let Samhan yeah. weasel her way into it. Well, I mean, um, Here's kind of the thing, uh, you know, I, I used to play soccer, and um, yep. whenever there'd be, like, penalty kicks, right, um, five five people from each team have to go up and take, uh, yeah. you know, a shot at the goalie, and a lot of those times, um, you know, it would be, okay, who wants to do it? Obviously, you know who's kind of good um, already, because yeah. you know your team, but at the same time, yeah. you'd never let someone go up if they're like, no, I don't want to do this. Um, no, but you, you, you don't want that. But at the same time, it was interesting because as soon as Senhan um, said, like, I can do this, I can make shots, something in my gut was like, oh, my God, this is just a recipe for disaster. I'm sorry. Um, this is never going to work out, and it's going to blow up in your face. Yeah. The, the fact that they showed that, I mean, it just obviously foreshadowed what you suspected could happen, and obviously it lived up to that. Yeah. So, and it... I. I I'd have to really watch it again, but how in the world did they end up losing by basically one or two coconuts? I think just Ozzy just kept making every shot he took, and the fact that they ended up starting the same point, and I don't know how many coaches' team, like how many actual shots they put up, because he kept having to go back, and Ozzy's quicker than some of them, so he, he got more shots and made more, so I don't know. But, but yeah, it is pretty amazing that they were only one coconut down to sit in there. They had one less player. Yeah. Oh my god. Um so needless to say, um Upalu wins and Savai loses. Um so they what did they win? They won the Flint and obviously immunity, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And uh however, so what was um explain to me exactly what was the thing where they had to find something in order to gain full immunity? Well, I I got lost at that point a little bit. Uh, a few years back they started a hidden immunity idol basically somewhere around camp or in the general area is an immunity idol that no one else really would have to know about you could find it stash it and then at tribal council you can play it and basically be immune mm-hmm. so anyone who voted against you like those votes wouldn't count and the next highest person would be voted out and by having that like some of the biggest shifts in the game have taken place because of it I see. and it, it got to the point where Everyone knew it was there, so they would start looking looking for it without any clues. And Russell Hands was able to find it without even having a clue because he could just basically look at like sort of like obvious areas that you would that he knew it would be in since the mm-hmm. clue would have to describe it. So he would keep looking and find them, play them, and get further in the game. So now there's a point where instead of hiding the actual immunity idol somewhere near a camp, there's hiding clues to make it a little harder for people to find them. I see. All right. Um, well, who was um, who was the girl from uh, Upalu's team that basically? Right. I mean, it was there. Right. That's what they alluded to. The fact that yeah, you know, there's, she there's was mortician. I I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. They showed her and. But like, how yeah, ironic! You you, you know, um, as she said, you know, I could be looking right at it, and I wouldn't know what it is, yeah. and. Yeah. She overplayed that, and she spent so much time searching for it. I mean, I forget what the number of, you know, what the time sense was, but, okay, you're searching, and it's right there in front of you, literally. Yeah. 
what is going through your mind? I mean, and especially it, since like inside trees is like one of the places they use the most. It's always like a random tree that has a hole in it, and mm-hmm. inside there is the the clue or under the root or something along those lines. So the fact that she just was looking for it and just didn't even pay attention to what she was looking at just shows that she, she doesn't yeah. know what the hell she's doing. And it, it, and here's the thing that really frustrated me was the fact that okay, um, it was a hole in a tree and there was um. You know, it was the it was in there. It's not like it was hidden underneath something. You know what I mean? I mean, no. the whole point is that it's already hidden, so that way when you're looking for it, you can kind of at least spot a little bit. It's not necessarily yeah. a needle in a haystack situation. No, but, it's, it's basically hiding inside the tree. It's not like behind, like eight more branches. It's sort of just there. It's, it might, might blend in a little bit with it, but if you're looking, you'd be able to spot it. Exactly. All right. Well, um, do you want to move on to the elimination? Yeah, that, that sounds good. All right. I think before we get into that, let's talk about the right after the challenge when that uh, there uh, Jeff was asking Samhan about if she felt bad, and she's like, "I felt kind of bad," or whatever she said, and that, mm-hmm. the medical marijuana guy's like rolling his eyes at her, and <laughs> I, I don't blame him since. I mean, she's the one responsible for the team losing, regardless of the fact that the team effort. She's the one who volunteered. She's the one who ran out of gas, couldn't make a shot. So she's the reason well, they lost. And for her to just say she's kind of mad or whatever she said, it just would rub you the wrong way if you're a competitor. I get that. Um, and here's here's my kind of frustration with the whole thing of, okay, so did she lose um, that challenge for them? She did. There's no denying that. But you got to think of it long term. Um, and I, if I was, I still see her being more of a competitor versus Cochran, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. So I would have, you know, at the end of the day, okay, um, we lost the challenge. There's no going back on that. But who in the, in the real big picture is our worst competitor? Um, now there might be someone worse. I don't know, but it just seemed like, um, from watching the episode tonight, it was Cochran and you know what? I would have just said like, Hey guys. We got to think big picture here. Yeah, and just that, that is a solid point. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if they uh, shot themselves in the foot by eliminating her because um, we'll get more into this in the predictions. But it just seems like they're going to focus on Cochran next episode and him really just basically struggling with the whole thing. Yeah. So and it was was it was her that actually taught him to open the coconut, right? Yeah. So it seems yeah. like at the end of the day, okay, so she lost one challenge, but she seems to have skills um, within the camp. And I know Cochran went back at her is that all she does is, like, um, watch over the uh, toothpaste or whatever she was talking about. Yeah. But uh, at least she knows enough, okay, you know, how do we make toothpaste? How do we open a coconut, et cetera, et cetera. Versus uh, yeah. Don, the school teacher, you know, as much as she's criticizing, oh, okay, you know, we need to build a shelter, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't see her as knowing that skill, and I certainly, you know, there's no books laying around for uh, Cochran to be reading, so he's where is he going to get that information? That's a good point. So, I don't know. I think they might have made a, as much as I know she lost the uh, the challenge. They might have made a mistake. Are you rethinking your position, or are you still sticking to that she yeah. should have gone? I mean, Ozzy brought up a good point, and I can see where Jim's coming from and when Ozzy brings it up, because considering he's been known to get close to, like, the female competitors, mm-hmm. so he might be thinking he's making an alliance, but, yeah, in terms of strictly looking at 
that is a it is a great point. You think they should have gotten rid of Cochran because the only thing he could possibly contribute in is like a puzzle. But yeah. most times when they have the puzzle, it's after like a long, longish challenge where you got to be physical to get it. Because they're not just going to have him do a puzzle. There's yeah. other stuff involved in it. So, and I don't think he can hold up. But we'll see where it goes. And here's the thing. I mean, um, no offense to. Uh... You know those kind of guys, but at the end, like if you have to do something physically grueling, um, you know, you're the fact that you're physically tired, it it wears on you mentally as well, and so then you know you're not making the right decisions yep. in those moments. And I find, um, you know, smart like uh, I'm just gonna say Cochran because I won't I won't um make a bias or stereotype whatever. Um, I see him if 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 he's mentally tired, if he's frazzled. Um, and all that, if things aren't exactly how he wants them, then he won't be able to focus in the correct way. Whereas, okay, someone who's, let's say, a little less intelligent than Cochran, well, you know what? At least they, you know, they'll be focused on the task. They won't be frazzled, and and so they'll just keep their cool and be like, okay, I got to do this, and just somehow figure it out. You know, competitors, yeah. no matter what, they pull something basically quote out of their ass at the end of the day. You know. That's just what, you know, like, uh, look at any basketball game, the end of it, you know, uh, half a second left, then you got to make a three-point shot, half court, boom, there it is, you know what I mean? How did he make that? Well, no one knows, he just did. So. Because of the ability. Exactly. Um, But uh, any last thoughts before we go to commercial and then uh, just hit it with predictions? You want to discuss the travel council at all? Like the anything said there? I mean, sure, go right here. ahead. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like it came down to like Cochran explaining him, and obviously they edited it to a point where it made you think like Cochran is going, and obviously the vote said no one else voted for him to leave besides Simon. So I don't know what else was said in terms of the travel council, mm-hmm. but it just seemed like Ozzy was giving points why they should get rid of them and they end up keeping them. So I would be curious to see what else was said. Mm-hmm. But in, ter- in terms of that, like I noticed like in the tribal council, I don't know how many times they showed the guy in the yellow shirt, whose name I don't even know because he didn't really say much. And they, were, they showed him about 15 times just randomly smirking. It was very peculiar why they kept showing that guy. And Are you talking about the medical know, dispensary guy? Which, which guy? No, no it, wasn't uh, Jim. It was some other guy in the team. He was like a younger, like a, just a pretty boy type wearing a yellow shirt. Oh, and yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, it was just very bizarre. And I, I don't know. It just, and then he ended up saying something like to Cochran, but mm-hmm. I don't know why they kept showing him, considering he didn't really have much screen time. It's just mm-hmm. one of those bizarre things. And then, obviously, they get to the point where it's 8-1, to one, get rid of Sam Han, and she sent off the Mm-hmm. Uh, Redemption Island. That's right. And she's gone, baby. She's gone. Hopefully. <laughs> but, all right. Any Anything else? Nope. We can. All right, Jesse. Let's head to the commercial, baby. Give us a call, 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729.
with television and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. You never know what goes on behind closed doors. Find out why AfterBuzz TV is the number one source for after-show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy, Nucky is a villain. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Your husband? When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on. Very nice, Jesse. That's right, Destiny's Child Survivor, baby. Going back, huh? When was this made, Jesse? Oh, this is like 2001, I want to say. That's yeah, right about when Survivor right. started, too, right? That, yeah, Survivor marketing. started summer of 2000. Summer of 2000. All right, so Destiny's Child, you're telling me ripped off the show? I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. right around Survivor's Peak where this song came out. So. Hey, that's pop. That's pop marketing. There you Boy. go. Yep. Um. All right. You want uh, Jesse? There we go. Predictions. All right, Steamer. I'll let you kick it off. It seemed like the preview for the next show shows Cochran having more problems. Like, I don't know if he can just go wear ribbons or whatever the hell they're doing. So it seems like they're leading more into the fact he's physically inept. But as I said before, I, I think he'll go a little further since the hype they're giving him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know wh- who would go next if they win or what have you. In terms of, like, the other tribe, it, it seemed to me like they were having uh, with Russell Hansen's nephew there, Brendan, Brandon, Brandon, yeah, yeah Brandon, yeah. He was seen to be having some sort of like tension towards the Michaela, like calling uh-huh. her Lila or whatever. So it seems like there'll be something either coming up soon regarding those two. They're definitely teasing towards that. So I'm curious yeah. where that goes. And well, it seems like she could be a contender to to win the show. Yeah, and I love um, you know uh, we didn't talk about this. Um, but the fact that she was she was up on the on the quote roof um, and building you know uh, their shelter, and all yeah. all Brandon's thinking about is wow um, you know I'm a religious guy I'm thinking about God and I don't like her yeah. because I don't even know why because what she has a shirt on what what are you looking at I, I don't know if she he thinks she's flaunting her body or what have you I don't know if he said he was married I don't, I don't know if I caught that wrong or what have you but yeah it seemed like I what don't if, know if he just afraid that he'll be tempted by her that's what it seemed to me that yeah exactly and and at the end of the day i could i could understand okay if she's like uh wearing a bikini running around on the beach or whatever but no she's genuinely just um trying to build a shelter she's minding her own business at the end of the day and you're getting mad at her and and, but in his defense i don't know they didn't really say it there but i think she was in the lingerie football league mm -hmm. i know because she's She's from, like, the next town over from my hometown, and someone on my uh, Facebook uh, uh, fr- friends list is, knows her, so he's been talking about her. Oh, so, we got to get him on, Steve. Like... We got <laughs> to get an interview. I don't, this, this might be a little too late for him, but I, I'll, see, I'll see what he says as the uh, season goes on, because I'm sure he'll have some idea, because as soon as the cast was announced, he was, like, openly cheering for her. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, she's pretty athletic and just, uh, by all accounts, uh Nice girl. So well, she she was the her. one who made a lot of baskets in the challenge. So yeah. that was yeah. I think she played basketball 
in mm-hmm. high school. So yeah, and obviously she she showed it here by being able to make the baskets with the coconuts. That's right. Well, uh, from the previews for me, um, I just basically saw Cochran messing up what seemed to be like ring around the rosy or something. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, dude, are, do you have any coordination whatsoever? <laughs> the answer to that appears to be no. <laughs> I know, it's just, oh my God. Um, but then they also kind of teased it to the fact of like he's new Cochran, and his quote is, um, I'm no longer listening to my parents. What does that even mean? Like, what? Now you're going to start drinking, smoking, and I don't get it. <laughs> He's going to be a badass now. Oh, my well, God. It, it, it seems like when he cut the coconut, like, he said something to, I don't know the the girl's name. He says, like, my, this is something my mother wouldn't let me do or something. I don't know what his mother wouldn't let him do, like, cut a coconut, use a, use a machete. I don't, yeah. I don't know what his mother possibly saw, I guess, at, like, him trying to be, like, a provider type, but... I'd be curious to see where he goes with this new persona. Yeah, I'm interested. I I would love to see um, just him all of a sudden bulk up and just win the Survivor and just become a total new man. That would be so interesting. Uh, unfortunately, it's not like Big Brother, so they don't have like a weightlifting set for him. So and basically, since you're not going to be eating much, he'll probably just get him being scrawnier and scrawnier to the point where mm-hmm. he might he might actually like just disappear on the show. Yeah. So I'm guessing my prediction for him, he'll probably be eliminated episode eight or seven. Yeah, that that seems to be the case. Cause I think you'd want to eliminate him like early into uh, Redemption Island. So obviously he's not going to win the Redemption Island contest and, mm-hmm. and then he'll be gone right away. You, you want him out. Yeah. The earlier they, they do that, the better since... He's not going to help you win any challenges. No, he's not. Uh, and I guess last prediction, who do you think will win the next challenge? The next challenge, uh, I'm going to have to say coach's side again, just based on what we saw of Cochran. And yeah. Obviously, that could have been like a reward challenge that they were showing, but unless it's something really geared towards Ozzy and Ozzy can carry them to victory, I just don't see Cochran helping out. And yeah. he's, he's pretty damn inept. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, My prediction is the same thing. Um, Coach's team will win. Well, thank you for tuning in for AfterBuzz TV's first Survivor After Show. Um, We'll be back same time next week. And uh, for those of you who are listening from the Boston area, be sure to check out um, Zero Buddies, a film made by our own Maria Menounos and Kevin Onegaro. It is playing in Boston. It's a preview and it's September 20th at 8.45 p.m. Go on bostonfilmfestival.org to check out uh, you know, what it's all about and get tickets. Uh, Jesse, anything else? Oh, Emmys. Uh, we we'll have Emmys tomorrow. streaming live 12 to 6 tomorrow, September 15th, and Friday, September 16th, from 12 to 6 Pacific Standard Time. So... Make sure you check us out. Lots and lots of celebrities, exclusives, and a lot of AfterBuzz family from all over the place coming together. That's right. We got people from New York. We got people from Boston, Chicago, all over the place. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Jesse. It's been a great show. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.